Welcome to the Land of Etheria. Season 1, The Shattering. Episode 43, The Griffin Transformation. Once upon a time, in the Land of Etheria, there was a Princess Nea and a Princess Lulu, and they went on the most amazing adventures. They had just encountered a fight with a mysterious wizard while trying to rescue a few griffins and a dragon from Korlock and a tricky elf. They made their way back to Oleander's hut with the two griffins, two ducks, and Cinder the red dragon. When they got there, Oleander was surprised, like the others, at how big the griffins had gotten. Why, they surely must have been feeding them something special. Where? Where is our third little griffin? Lulu pulled out the baby duckling from her pocket. Both of the ducks had now gotten quite used to stowing away with her. He was turned into a duck, she said sadly. Oleander picked up the little duckling and held it for a minute. It was clearly a different color than most ducks, giving reference to its griffin origin. Well, we're going to have to see what we can do about this little one. The griffin duckling quacked and then jumped back over to Lulu, rubbing its head against her stomach. Wall, too, was also getting attached to one of the griffins, insisting that he ride it back to Oleander's hut, which wasn't something you saw every day in Etheria, an ogre riding a griffin. Do you think this one is old enough to join us? Wall asked Oleander. He is close, the old elf said, sizing up the two large griffins. It can be done, but they will still need some heavy training. Would you like to train a griffin, Wall of Traycod? Wall's eyes got big. It looks like they have started bonding with you, Oleander continued. It must be your elven blood. While Ola and Wall were ogres, they had actually been born elves and turned into ogres when they were babies by an ogre sorceress. Elves were natural griffin riders, and had a knack for training them quickly. Wall looked at the griffins and nodded. We'll need these, he said to his sister. And I'd welcome the help, Oleander replied. I'm very glad you rescued the griffins. And Cinder, Finn added. I see, pondered Oleander, looking past the griffins to the red dragon. And she was well? As far as we could tell, answered Nea. Why? Scorch has been flying around angry and upset. We fear without the Devorian crystals being restored, hearts all around Etheria are breaking. I'm wondering if it is hitting the dragons first. Simon has been searching for Scorch for some time now, to see. Nea was immediately concerned. She was quite fond of Scorch, and enjoyed riding him when the Shadow Man needed assistance. We've got to find him. Does anyone know where he is? She asked. He's been leaving a trail of black smoke. The last I heard, the smoke trail vanished up in the sky, Oleander said. Skyrabia? He nodded. Nea knew that if she wanted to, she could use her Skyrabian feather and grow wings to take her up into the Sky Kingdom right now. Leaving all of her friends would be unwise, though. She turned to Cinder, who had been listening the whole time. Cinder? 
I think we're going to need your help. The dragon nodded and lowered her wing. Finn, Corn, would you both like to join us? Naya asked. Finn nodded. Corn thought about it for a second. What nobody had realized was that Corn hadn't seen his sister since the shattering. She disappeared that night on a mission for the elf chief, the elf chief who was now frozen in stone. She was a naturally crafty elf and very smart. Rescuing Griffins was the first time he'd seen her, and her him, since that night. And she was helping the wizard. Corn couldn't believe it and was embarrassed. Should I tell them Hazel is my sister? Would they think that I'm bad too and working for the wizard? He couldn't think about anything else though. He realized he had to find her and figure out what was going on. Why was she helping Orlok, Victor, and this dark wizard? What Corn did know is that he could trust his new friends. He told them who she was, his sister Hazel of Forevermore. Let us help, Ola offered. You shouldn't go alone, and maybe Paul and I can be of service. Corrin agreed to their help, and the party split up. Wall stayed with Oleander to work with the Griffins, while Paul and Ola went with Corrin to see if they could find Hazel and understand why she was trying to ruin Etheria. Nea, Lulu, and Finn mounted Cinder and headed to find Scorch up in the Sky Kingdom. As they flew above the clouds, they quickly realized that the day was drawing to a close, so they decided to stay with Princess Arya in the glass castle. Princess Arya was very happy to see them. Princess Arya of New Halowisp, this is Finn of Neverstone Deep. Finn was immediately struck by Arya's beauty and fumbled a little with his words. It's nice to, uh, to meet you, he said. It's nice to meet you as well, she replied. And too long since I've seen you, Nea, she said, giving her good friend a big hug. Meanwhile, her little wind dog, which is a dog with wings, Valley, ran up to Lulu and put her two front paws on her legs, smelling something abnormal in her pocket. Valley, Lulu yelled. As she bent down, the small dog barked uncontrollably. You want to meet my new friend, she said pulling out the little duckling in her pocket. Valley immediately sat upright in obedience and wagged her tail. What an adorable little duck, Arya said, admiring him. He used to be a griffin, Lulu explained, but he's been turned into a duck for now. I'm going to find a way to turn him back. Well, maybe there's something in my parents' old library, Arya offered, welcoming them into the castle. There's plenty of old magic and spell books in there. Finn had never been above the clouds before. He stayed mostly in the Torturian Sea and the surrounding islands. To not only have flown above the clouds, but to now be in a glass castle seemed all too fantastic for a common merman of Niverstone Deep. So what do you call your little duckling? Ari asked. Every pet needs a name. Princess Lulu looked at the duck. It looked right back at her and quacked. Quackers, she said. Valley barked in disagreement. Mallard, Arya offered, but that didn't feel right. Valley barked again in disagreement. Maybe beakers, Nea said, laughing. 
she was only half serious. Valley wagged her tail and barked, then started jumping on Lulu. Lulu laughed. I guess it's Beakers. That right, Valley? she said in a dog voice. Who'd have thought a wind dog would name a duck? Finn said. The girls laughed at the duck's new name. Beakers just looked back at Lulu, hoping to someday be a griffin once again. The adventurers searched Arya's library for anything they could find that would reverse a shape-shifting spell. Late into the afternoon, Finn found an old elven book with a reversal spell, one that could reverse any spell that was done to another person. This was a very powerful spell and required a dragon scale, vika root, ogre hair, and a hawk's talon. They would need to combine all the ingredients and then cast a spell on Beaker the moment the sun went down. As luck would have it, they would be able to get a dragon scale from Cinder, and using Nea's magic ogre cloak, they plucked a few of her hairs while she was an ogre, but still needed juice from a vika root and shavings from a hawk's talon. What about your parents' armory? Don't your parents have some kind of weapon with a hawk's talon on it? Nea asked. We'd only need to shave a little bit off. They do! So they ran off to where Arya's parents kept extra supplies for battle. They quickly found a piece of Skyrabian armor with decorative talons from a hawk, used on the shoulders. They took a few shavings and put them in a bottle. Now all we need to find is some vika root, Finn said. I have an idea, Nea offered. When we needed to get Dianthus root for Alamia, Joe took us to a special gardener on Mount Willow. Maybe she can help us. Clara? said Arya. You know this gardener? asked Nea. Yes, and that's a great idea. But we'll have to leave Lulu and Finn here, Arya said. With Valley and Beakers? Nea said. I don't think Lulu will mind. Lulu smiled. Can I make myself at home? Finn asked. Sure, but maybe you guys can get the dragon scale while we're gone, Arya answered with a wink. Lulu and Finn looked at each other, wide-eyed, and Arya and Nea flew down to Mount Willow, down to where the cliffs got very steep and rocky, and the land was small and narrow. Nea recognized the place where Joe had walked with her up weeks ago when they needed to find the Dianthus route, only she wasn't able to fly with Joe to the gardener because she didn't have her Skyrabian feather yet. She had to wait. When they made it to Clara's, it was clear that Clara was an amazing farmer. She had a small plot of land up on the top of the cliffs that grew a multitude of things. The earth up here and the mist from the mountains had special magical properties. Shortly after they landed, a beautiful woman walked out of her shack to greet them. Arya, she said, opening her arms. Hickory? Nea asked, noticing that Clara wasn't alone. Lulu's inventor friend, Hickory, was there too. Princess Neves Parland, he said. Meet my niece, Clara. The pleasure is all mine, Clara said, holding out her hand. How are you adventurers doing? Hickory asked. The two of them caught up a minute on all that had happened lately. She also shared that Lulu had rescued a griffin, but that it had been turned into a duck. He chuckled but was happy they were figuring out a way to turn him back. Once Arya and Clara had caught up, 
she found them the perfect fika root and made for them some juice they could use for their magic spell. And before long, the two of them were flying back up to the castle, mixing the potion with all the ingredients. They finished right as the sun was setting, and just as the last glimmer of sun crept over the horizon, Lulu read the magic words from the spell book. Repatius formatus, she said, pouring the potion on beakers. When she was done saying the words, the small duck began to quack and flap his wings. Valley watched with curiosity. Soon, Beaker's wings began to get bigger, and his beak started to morph from a duck's beak into a hawk's beak. His webbed feet also grew into hawk feet and talons. Once the transformation was complete, Beaker's let out a loud and healthy griffin cry. Excited, Lulu ran over to the griffin and gave him a huge hug. I can't believe it. You're back to normal, she said. Yeah, I'm not sure the name Beakers really fits him anymore, said Finn. Lulu looked at the magnificent beast. Well, I think Beakers works just fine. Now, as Lulu said the word Beakers, something completely unexpected happened to the griffin. His wings began to shrink, and his talons began to turn back into whipped feet. And the hawk's beak he once had turned back into a duck's beak. The griffin reversed back into a duck. Oh no, Arya gasped. The spell didn't work. Maybe it was temporary, observed Finn. Let me see that book again. Lulu felt defeated and disappointed. She started sobbing. I'm so sorry, Beakers, she said, hugging the duck. Only this time, as she said his name again, she started hugging a bigger and bigger duck until she realized that Beakers had turned back into a griffin, and she was on his back, ready to ride. By now, Beakers was fully confused, and feeling queasy. What none of the adventurers had realized was that they didn't use real ogre hair. They had used Nea's transformed ogre hair, meaning that she was only an ogre while wearing the magic ogre cloak. Unfortunately, whenever you make substitutions with magic, you can't always rely on the outcomes. From that day forward, Beakers would forever be stuck transforming into a duck and into a griffin whenever Lulu said his name. The End The Land of Etheria is produced by a father-daughter team and made possible in part to its supporting fans. It's contributions from fans like you that keep the adventure going. If you enjoy The Land of Etheria and would like to see more episodes, please visit us at www.thelandofetheria.com and consider supporting the podcast. Thank you and have a great day.